This is Mish. Ow! Welcome to Millennial Love. Listening to Cardi B. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> this is episode fifty-six of Millennial Love. Where do you, wait? What do we discuss? Sex, Sex love, and how we are selfish, selfish as fuck. Yeah. Justin, we just just forget about not cussing. Just <laughs> <laughs> he gonna say it anyways. That's what he gonna do. <laughs> Um, be sure to follow us on all social network platforms, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Snapchat at Millennial Love. That's two L's, two N's, L-O-V-3. And if you tweet us, make sure to hashtag ML3 so we can see all your tweets and respond. I feel like I'm on a radio. No, you but are. you sound good. Keep going. You are? Really? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Can you ask I, for the coin too? Yeah. <laughs> I also want y'all to know that you can give us the coin, dollar sign, M-I-L-L-Y-L-O-V-3. That's Cash App, $5. Hey, Buster. Hey. I think we can start asking for ten dollars now. <laughs> when you said I think we've graduated to eight dollars, I died. <laughs> yeah, I listened to it. I was like, listen, this eight dollars. So has anything exciting happened, guys? Uh, uh, Vegas was awesome. Oh yeah, Vegas. Yes. I, me and my homeboy Lance, we turned it up in Vegas. He turned thirty-two, and we stayed at the Cosmopolitan. He's thirty-two. I thought he was thirty-one. Nah, I that nigga thirty-two. Yeah. Wow, really? Yeah, Come it was amazing. You know, weed is legal in Vegas, right? Yeah. So we went to I the heard. dispensaries like every day. That's I dope. didn't partake, but you know, they had a blast. Mm. That's dope. Um, that's it. When I went to LA, <laughs> I wanted to do the same thing, but I opted out. I think I would I can't I think we gotta do it together, Mish. I would enjoy it with you. Let's do it during the summertime. No, y'all need to be with people that actually do it. You no, can't. because people that actually do it, they give zero fucks once they become high. Yeah, but see if both And of I y'all, like people to pay attention to me. This is the problem. If both of y'all are stupid dumb high together and y'all ain't <laughs> never really been high like talking about it, y'all gonna be dumb paranoid together and it's gonna make it worse. You gotta really? be around people that seriously. Okay, you I gotta be around people that figure I'm not, a, I'm not a pro either. I'd be <laughs> dumb. No, I, I don't do it around me. I think I need. I think I found my strand in the sativa. It's the the one that makes you feel euphoric and happy. Yeah, it's the, more of a head high than yeah, a body indica high. Indica is uh, yeah. when you be like, mm, you know what yeah. I'm not doing anymore? Hookah. I thought you was That's about to, I thought you was about to say lean. <laughs> oh, yeah. Who you know, does lean? You know, hookah. Way. <laughs> yeah. When yeah. you really think about hookah, hookah is pretty disgusting whenever you like smoking it with a group of people because they're like moisture, wet, heat. Yeah. It's just too much. So I have bronchitis. Oh. Because it was cold that day. Wow. Smoking a hookah and drinking outside. Well, it wasn't outside, but they had that patio door open. Oh, from that from Neutral Sunday, you see? Yep. Oh yeah, I had bronchitis too. Yeah, from there, see, I yeah. just never went to the doctor because I'm childish. But oh, I told her, I texted. Please I was get like, you did. You I said. I specifically texted. I said I have bronchitis, y'all. And what did I say? I'm gonna go to the doctor tomorrow. I'm gonna go to the doctor. Did not go. 
three weeks later. You better go pay that thirty dollar copay. I'm going tomorrow. I set the appointment. Yeah, because they're gonna give you antibiotics, but you need to take cod liver oil. It's gonna help the coal in your chest like come up easily. It's disgusting as fuck, but that sound that you actually don't have to do the, the syrup. You can do peels. They have. I peels. like the syrup because my oh. mom said it greases your chest, and for whatever reason, <laughs> listen, I believe it. I believe listen, it. Listen, I'm childish. I couldn't even take Robitussin. <laughs> oh, then you're gonna you need the pills because that will make you. Is gag. it hard for you to breathe? Mm-mm. Okay. No, I didn't get sick. Did you smoke coca? Yeah. Oh. I Guess I yeah. have the immune system of a god. <laughs> right now. What's going on in these streets? <laughs> so much. I mean, we have the Oscars happen. Lapita Nyong'o was beautiful. Look so amazing in that gold dress. Yeah. Did y'all see it? Let yeah. me just pull it up. I mean, she did look. She's amazing. just everything. All of them. She always looks amazing. The other girl from um <coughs> from Walking Dead. Yeah. What is her name? Please. Um, her name is. Deny. Deny. Yeah, deny. Yeah. Actually, I actually really, I was just about to say, I really love that name. I might it's like it. they, Deny. It's like the, the radiance of their skin is amazing. It's all, and it's all even. Like, there's it's so, through and through. that's what it is. It's, it's even. even. It's through and yeah. through. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Anyway. I think I think um, Denai is from uh, I think she might be South African or somewhere in South Africa. Listen, but Lupita <clears throat> is from Zimbabwe. I think it was just beautiful. I mean, there. I mean, the cast alone is beautiful through and through. It was good to see that representation in the Oscars. Shout out to Kobe Bryant. Who for, knew? Who knew that fool had a um had, I, a, had a cartoon? A cartoon. Like, I, had, I did not know. So shout out to Kobe. I didn't know either. I'm sure you Laker fans was loving it. Yeah, they were. I know they were. And Jordan Peele, he he won best original screenplay, which I was just asking Mish, like, is that like low key the little brother to Best Picture? Like, why didn't why didn't it win Best Picture? Right. Like, what it? What's the difference between a screenplay and a picture? I have no clue. <laughs> I like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like low key, it was like, ah, we got to give him something. Let's give him screenplay. You so know what, what is, I mean? What is the other award? Best, best, picture. best picture. Okay. I asked myself that. What is original screenplay? Is it like the beginning of, uh, like, I don't know, I guess. Uh, so, the original of screenplay an- to me sounds like they're saying basically like, you wrote it. It's not a remake. It's gotcha. not. It was it's never something a book. New, right? it was, yeah, like it's yeah. an original yeah, but, screenplay. But that's the thing. I feel like the movies that be winning are original screenplays. You know, in quotes, like the movie that won Best Picture last year, La La Land. Not La La Land. Excuse me. La La Land did not win. No, Moonlight, it was Moonlight won. Correct. Moonlight, I felt like was an original screenplay. It wasn't like a remake. A so that's why it doesn't. I don't think so. It just doesn't make. I don't know Got the difference, you. so maybe I need to like educate myself. Either way to go, the brother, way the brother Jordan Peele won an Oscar, which was completely he did. amazing. Congratulations! Somebody like had put like a before and after picture. Apparently, he like switched up his old his whole image. Really? Yeah, like he looked totally different from what he looked like now. I don't know what were the causes of that, but whatever. In a good way, or in, in a, a good way? I mean, okay. he just he just became a little bit more polished. And you know what? Sometimes you need that. Correct. Sometimes yeah. you need, and I feel like a lot of people that go into show that not show business, but that become famous, that are thrust into being famous, they don't have people around them that are able to tell them, "Hey, this is what you need." To <laughs> right. Like some of them celebrities, like I mean, T 
Tiffany Haddish. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, listen, I feel her, you know what I'm saying? But she just, she needs, and maybe that's her appeal, right? That she is a little bit un, like unhinged. Somebody like, threw, what's the football player? Michael Strahan. He said, um, you're like a kid tonight. <laughs> when she got, he was doing an interview, like a red carpet interview with her. He's like, you're like a kid tonight. And she was looking like, you know, a nine-year-old. That's what somebody said. I'm She's over a nine year old stuck her. in an adult body. And that's fine. No, I, I appreciate fine. <laughs> it's not fine for me. I appreciate <laughs> the candidness. Bring it on down a little bit though. Yeah. This your job. Yeah. At the end of the day. Is it, but maybe it's a it, persona though. Maybe it's it, a persona. Okay, so even if it is a persona, if we can go there, it's just a little bit coonish to me. Ooh. That's strong. That is so strong. But but I but you I gotta call it what it is. Like, I see what you're saying. Spade spade. It's like, you know, I see it's, what you're saying. It's like too much. You ain't never been nowhere. You ain't never had nothing type thing. Well, but she hasn't ever been anywhere. And the way anything. I don't know. And bro. I and I feel, but but she should have people around her that are she, like my girl. Talk, and she talk like this. And 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 come on, bro. I but know. so how do y'all feel about Cardi B? Because she says some really stupid stuff. I think Cardi B sometimes. needs a little bit of a polish too. Hell yeah, and that's borderline. That's like what she is. said about what was that? The Grammys? She's like in my vagina. Oh, I didn't. You see, well, I didn't. I didn't asked her. Somebody asked her something, and she was like, "Yeah, I have butterflies in my stomach and in my vagina." Oh, but I you didn't know what? See Here's that. the thing with Cardi B. Sometimes she'll give you real moments whenever she's really talking. I've never seen Tiffany Haddish like not be in this whole persona, but I don't know. I don't really follow her like talking about it. I Maybe on her. I actually wanted to buy her book today. I actually I was wanted in the to airport. Buy, I, wanted to, I wanted to buy her book today just to get to know her a little bit better. Um, but I heard it's amazing for real. I heard it's she has an interesting. Multiple story. people tell me wow. it's really, really good. Okay, well, I mean, so. you know, I'm definitely gonna read the book then. But anyways, I, that was just I'm like, you know, let's just and her crossing over the road to go see Meryl Street. I, that's that when right? I was like, I'm not. I just, I said, listen. <laughs> and then she curtsied. Come on. I understand. You got to, you, she's, I mean, she's getting it in. This is her Cardi B year or Jordan yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. You know, I get it, but whatever. Well, she's having, I mean, yeah, she, she's having She's having a great year. She is. <laughs> her, 20, her 2017 into 18 is, is shaping up pretty nicely. I can't hate it. It absolutely her. is. But she does, I, I do, but. You know, to some extent, I feel like that's how not, not I agree with both of y'all, but I feel like kind of just playing devil's advocate, like that's the argument that white people make about black actors anyway. Right. We're not polished. We're too, you know, frayed around the edges. You need to, you know, be refined. And it's like, I mean, but just because we're not speaking properly as you think we should does not mean we're not refined. And but she's, she's also a comedian too. Right, so, so that's a part of it, I think. Yeah. I think it's a persona. Yeah, I think it's I a I don't think she's too. like that in real life. I agree with you. Mm. I think she's funny. I, yeah. But I don't think she's like, oh, and I got this dread, and look at me. You know, it's just like, okay, girl. Well, yeah. It's a lot. How do y'all feel about baby fathers not paying their child support? Because obviously, <laughs> what? <laughs> let me tell you. <laughs> Stevie J is facing prison time for failure to pay more than over a million dollars in child support. How many kids does he have? A bajillion. Oh, my gosh. 
Stevie J not paying his child support. I mean, bro, you've been on Love well, and Hip Hop. It's not surprising. I know, but like, it, the, like the people see you on TV, they know that you are making money. It's just at this point, it's right. disrespectful to society. It's disrespectful to your fucking kids. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And it's like you just don't give well, a fuck. A million dollars. I hate to play devil's advocate. Girl, a million dollars though, bro. Here's the thing. Why? Why would you want to be baby mama number five for him to not even be paying child support for you? Because the thing is, a lot of his kids are grown. So, you know, oh, they are. They mama's not coming for the child support. It's these fifth and sixth baby mamas that's like, we need the money. Can somebody tell me the exact number of children? Uh, let me Google it real quick. Because. I mean, it's to a get, lot. Because to to get into the like hundreds of thousands of dollars, <laughs> like not even million, I'm talking about hundreds of thousands. That means number one, it's based on, and I don't know about Georgia, but I know in six. Texas it's based on your income. He only has six kids and it's he, That's a lot of money. That's y'all. what I'm saying. So it has to be based on his income. <clears throat> Generally it's based on your income. So yeah. It's clear that he's a and he's like a, a Grammy award winning producer, right? No, yeah, mm-hmm. he's there. so he's had co- he he currently has coin. Ain't no had. He probably still has coin. So if it, yeah, you think so? I think so. I think so. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, they I get so. they get a lot of money on appearances and stuff like that, and I, I'm I'm pretty sure. I yeah. absolutely think he needs to pay it, but I just I mean, why be baby mama number six? Well, yeah, apparently, but why not pull listen, out, apparently, listen, <laughs> apparently Stevie J has well, a safari. Apparently Stevie J has a safari. I heard it's bigger than safari. Well, I mean, I don't know. So, I mean, when you have like, you know, I don't want to call them dumb, but when you have hoes who, <laughs> women, sorry, who no, doesn't necessarily, right. I'm trying to just do right now, y'all. <laughs> when you have women who don't really care to uh, succeed in life from an a academia standpoint or even just getting a job, <laughs> they go to the next best thing. While you getting good the sex. Come up. Let me and let then, come up, then the come up don't be the come up because he ain't going to pay it. Well, yeah. And people, I, I feel like people can go to jail for back child support in, in uh, Georgia. Well, according to... Um, his net worth is at least $5 million. Okay. So, so I'm then, sure you can get yeah. lawyers to negotiate that or something. Well, but also they can garnish his wages, too. Well, it's either that or go to jail. But <laughs> even if you go to jail, I think you would still have to pay something. I don't know. I don't know how this works. That's not my life. Me I don't either. care. Not my life. Um, I don't know, Georgia. Men who have kids, just please pay child support. Take care of your kids. Store the receipts. Um, I'm pretty sure there's an electronic way for you to like just keep all your receipts. <laughs> right. I don't know if he did that. <laughs> but yeah, well, that's it. You know what? That is a good... <laughs> thanks, Justin. <laughs> I want to talk tonight about them decluttering for the self-care moment. Come on, declutter. Come yeah. On. So declutter. Take the time to clean out your space. Get rid of unwanted things that are not necessary. Doing so will help you clear out your mind emotionally. Use this decision-making method to be more efficient and clear out stress. As always, protect your energy and space. Remember, your mental health matters. You know, sometimes it's challenging for me to mentally declutter. Really? Because I don't know where to begin. Begin with your things. Hmm. Like your car, 
Your room. The car actually. The car needs to be decluttered. No, the car actually helps a lot. So, yeah, I just declutter my car, like trunk and everything. Hmm. And I feel like a new person in my vehicle. You know, you buy a little new incense. I mean, what is it called? The scents, yeah. The scents and shit. Okay. Mm -hmm. I'll start there. Yeah. (laughs) Do that first. I have to drive to Houston tomorrow. I'm sure uh, Norma. She'll no, clean the she, car out. No, I can't do that to Norma. Don't ask Norma. Listen, no. I'll be You're going to pay her. That, she's so sweet. I'll be putting Norma to work, poor thing, bro. I, sometimes I just have to give her extra money because it just be that bad. Yeah. Well, I'm, it's necessary though, right? Correct. When, when your house is clean, don't you feel better? I feel amazing. Yeah. Walking so home. That's the importance of decluttering. Yeah. Coming home to a clean house is the bomb. Right. For sure. Dot com. Hey, y'all. Y'all already know what time it is. It's your girl, D. Cardi, and I'm coming back in 2018 talking to y'all about what? BioClarity. Because what? Your girl's skin is looking right. So, basically, I started using BioClarity back in 2017 in season one, and y'all, my skin is thebomb.com. All my Instagram photos be popping because I know y'all be liking these pics. My skin is smooth and soft. Any sort of breakouts I've been having are gone. No redness, no irritation, no nothing. So why should you use BioClarity? Well, a couple things. First, it's easy on your skin. It delivers glowing, clear skin by reducing redness and boosting your natural beauty because I know y'all fine out there. You can use it twice a day without worrying about any sort of excess irritation because there are no harsh chemicals. Also, BioClarity is packed with clarifying botanicals and new Floralux, which is naturally derived from chlorophyll, which is that green stuff, you know, that plants be needing. And it's proven for soothing away blemishes. So not only is BioClarity full of antioxidants, it also reduces redness. It feeds and defends cells with an alphabet of vitamins. BioClarity is delivered straight to you and is easy to use. It's a three-step ritual that's 100% vegan, plus it's gluten and cruelty-free. So there are three steps. First, you cleanse. With the rich foaming facial cleanser, it gently removes dirt, oil, and environmental pollutants. Next, you treat. And the treatment penetrates pores and attacks the bacteria that causes acne, so it clears up your skin. And lastly, you restore. And the Restore Gel has exclusive Floralux, which leaves your skin feeling smooth and refreshed. Now, BioClarity also offers a skin smoothie with hydration. Hydrate is a lightweight, breathable moisturizer, which is designed for even the most sensitive skin. You can use Hydrate by itself, or you can use it with the BioClarity system. So, do you want to start a healthy habit and get glowing, clear skin just like your girl, The Cardi? If so, go to BioClarity.com. And just for our Millennial Love listeners, you guys will get your first month for only $9.95 plus free shipping. That's over a $20 savings, and it comes with a 100% risk-free money-back guarantee. So in order to get that money-back guarantee, all you got to do is enter our code LOV3. That's BioClarity.com and enter the code LOV3. Say hello, hey boo, to new skin. BioClarity.com. Speaking of cleaning house, I am now (laughs) able to have a housekeeper, but before... When I was broke, Jesus, I couldn't have one. So uh, I would do very creative things to uh, either clean my house or just make money or whatever. So since we're on the the topic kind of of being broke, I really just, that wasn't a good segue. Um, (laughs) No, that was good enough. What is the funniest thing you ever did? To cope or to like get by while being broke. 
How broke? I mean, I've been I'm talking about, broke. I'm talking about I've like been broke, counting broke. the negative. You ain't got no gas in your car. First of all, no food. count in the negative. Okay, <laughs> that's how you know you broke because it's not even it's a, a count. count. It's, it's just a count. count. <laughs> Yo, count in the negative. You ain't got no food, but like ramen. Oh, geez. you freaking ain't got no get. You down to a quarter of a tank. But it's Monday and you gotta you don't get paid till oh, Friday. Okay, yeah, that's a good point. All right, so outside of uh, robbing people, Peter to pay Paul, outside of you know letting my situation, you need to be specific. Trick. I don't know what you mean by robbing Peter to pay Paul. Um, <laughs> I need a. I'm borrowing money from one person to, to pay, pay someone somebody? else. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Trash and terrible, but you know I had good intentions. Um, and then you know you have your little sponsors, so you get a meal every now and then, and you know you get a bill paid or whatever you got to do. It, you yeah, know, I'm just saying like that. And then. <laughs> I what think the whore. most like I think one of the things that I felt bad, but it was such it was so amazing. I don't know if they, <laughs> I don't know if you can still do this now, but like if you had like maybe if your account was not in the negative and you had at least a dollar in your account, you could get gas. You could get gas. Yeah. What? So yes. if I knew that I was so if I knew that I was getting paid on Thursday and I would go to, to the gas station on Tuesday. Fill up, fill up, be straight for the rest of the week. Yeah, because you know that charge is not gonna come until Wednesday. <laughs> then a selfie is not gonna come until Thursday, and, and by Thursday you have your money. So it's, <laughs> that's Robin Peter to say, yeah. Yes. That, yeah, that's a perfect example. So it was amazing. So I don't yes. know if they can still do that now, but that was everything for you to get like you a can. full tank of gas off of a dollar. So amazing. Still you still can? Yes. Amen to that. Right. Amen. Amen. Because you can go to somebody else's house and eat if you can drive. If you can get there, you can get to work. You can go to somebody else's house and eat. You can do whatever you need to do. So I think that was probably the best thing that I've done. So I guess mine always had to do with like eating. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when I lived in Atlanta, I had family that lived in Georgia too, but they lived far, right? <laughs> so once I moved, because when I first moved there, I lived with one of my cousins. And then when I found where I wanted to live, I was like 40 minutes from all of them. Ooh, they lived damn. in Kennesaw, and I was living in Dunwoody. Oh, yeah. dead. But let me tell you, when I got hungry, <laughs> got I made my way car. to Kennesaw <laughs> every time. <laughs> I made my way to Kennesaw. I would make my way to um, down Duluth area. Like Ooh. I would, yeah. But this one particular time, y'all, I just, I had to use whatever was in the refrigerator, right? (laughs) (laughs) So I had (laughs) some sausage, you know, like breakfast sausage. Uh I had some corn. I had some green beans and some uh, tomato sauce. You made a pasta out of that? What pasta? (laughs) I didn't have no pasta. I made a goulash or whatever you want to call <laughs> it's it. It's a goulash. It's a, a goulash. goulash. Breakfast sausages, corn, tomatoes. I can't. It was disgusting. <laughs> Girl, what you ate? No, I did not. I what called my daddy. <laughs> <laughs> I called my daddy. Listen. I called my daddy. I was like, Dad, uh, I think I made up something because I didn't want to tell my parents that I didn't have no money when I was living in Atlanta for a certain amount of time because mm. I thought they was going to make me come back home. Yeah. So I called my daddy and I was like, Dad, um, something happened, like my bank account or something. I was like, but I, <laughs> can you order me a pizza real quick? Oh, okay. I have another story And a pizza can last you a whole story. week. A whole week. <laughs> what? Yeah. Jeez. It always has something to do with food, though. I lived off of uh, Wendy's. 
Because back then they had like a three dollar meal and freaking wow. ninety nine cent nuggets is what they used to have too. Thank you, Jesus, for delivering. I know Lord. that was broke. it was a struggle. It was a struggle when you when you said order me a pizza. The person can be in ten bucks too, bitch. Order me a pizza. Order real quick. Right, and get it delivered <laughs> get real it quick. Delivered. Yeah, yeah, they can be in ten bucks too, <laughs> for real. Just give yeah. me the card. Just give me the card. What's your address? So I got I so I couldn't pay my rent or and my car note. I had to pick one or the other. So I had to get a payday loan, y'all. <sighs> Listen, the freaking interest rate was thirty nine. Percent. Oh what? Ew. I got whatever the max was. I think it was like fifteen hundred dollars, and I like paid my rent real quick because I was living in in like Uptown. This is like this is in twenty fifteen, mm-hmm. and I was living in Uptown Dallas, and I paid it, and literally I had to pay almost twenty five hundred dollars oh back my to gosh. them because that's how big the interest rate was. <sighs> <clears throat> it was terrible. Wow. I mean, terrible. And I was just like, I would. Ne- I don't care how broke I get. Do not get a payday I loan. I would never, uh-uh. ever. And they be calling you nonstop. <laughs> you going to pay us? You going to pay? And to pay it like, back? Yeah. They are like, st- even if it's not a payment, they'll call to be like, <laughs> hey, you have a payment due in two weeks. I'm like, give me two weeks to make right. it. Listen. It was terrible. I'm not sure if y'all like really big on Netflix, but Netflix has a series. It's called Dirty Money. And it's just basically it's like several documentaries of people like getting rich, like and it's apparently like not a good way of getting rich. But anyways, that this guy who pretty much owned the payday loans, like some payday loans online businesses, and basically within their contract, he would give them like let's say two weeks to pay their loan, but if they didn't pay their loan, he would charge them like seventy five dollars for like a refinance fee. So these individuals were thinking that the $75 were contributing to their loan, but it was just $75 to like refinance the loan. Oh so after gosh. like five weeks, then he would go in and take all the money out of their account. So these people were stuck like, hey, I thought I was paying on my bill, but no, this was just a finance anything. charge. You were paying nothing. So apparently like he got all this money and like, you know, I guess somebody sued him. I mean, it was just terrible. If, if, if y'all need to just go watch it, like that's a good. I mean, wow. it's an easy watch. It's like maybe six episodes, but it just talks about this, and that's one of the episodes. No, they wow. are the loan sharks are real. It's Dude. a real. I will never, ever again. And then like I would go on dates so I could eat. So I would literally. <laughs> oh yeah. That's, go yes. on a date, breakfast, lunch, and dinner yeah. so that I could eat. <laughs> It was, yeah, it was, but I mean, thank you, niggas. <laughs> <Taking> me <out. laughs> Hashtag thank you, niggas. Right. Seriously. <laughs> seriously. I'm so serious because. Been there, trust me. Seriously. But you know what? God always sends send somebody. Seriously. He always, he takes care of you. And even if it you. wasn't a date, like, like my friends would, would cook. like cook or uh-huh. be like, hey, you know, I'll come over and make something or whatever. Like there was always. So it always, I always it ate. Out, like right. I always ate. Sometimes I didn't go to work because I couldn't make it there because I didn't have enough gas. Dang, but me too. <laughs> I would sit on the cr- I would sit on the couch and I would work from home. Right. And which is good because I ain't have to eat. Like I, you know, when you at the house, you can you know snack on random crap. Make you goulash. At the, yeah, when you at work, you if they ain't got no snacks, you sol. Let me tell you another thing. 
at my old job, we had this like cafeteria and literally I would be like, Ooh, I'm so hungry. Let me just get up and like go get some coffee. And every time I would go in there, it would be leftover food from like some sort of like yeah. meeting or something. Yeah. or something. And like literally every time I'll be like, Ooh, I'm so hungry. I would walk in and I'm like, you know what, food. God, yep. you are showing, showing your out. tail. Yeah. You know what? I fully used to do that. We would have to leave patients on the unit like if they were on a certain restriction so like they were so suicidal that they could not leave the unit or whatever yeah so you would have to bring trays back for them right and you eat <laughs> so it'd be like eight people on a unit oh, i'm getting 10 trays yeah about to eat, eat one yeah, of them trays yeah, yeah. and one of my uh co-workers you want a tray too right. we about to eat yeah they had dessert and everything it was everything and it was good food too <laughs> it was really good yeah that is so stupid. but you know what overall like those moments really make you a better person it makes you appreciate life it makes you like not fall for anything because you've really you've been through it yeah and it's clearly not, i think well i mean it's it's hard to be in that moment but you appreciate it so much whenever you come out of it you yeah know? for sure um and that you know leads us to the topic of the night we had that email from a few weeks back and we Read it as a millennial moment, but she really asked us about our growing pains and how we got to where we are right now. Um, and I think, Cara, you made a very great point last time that we're still going through growing pains. Like, life is ever changing, so yeah. we're still always evolving. However, we've kind of gotten to a place where we're not taking trays off the unit <laughs> and we don't have to wait for an event to eat or, you know, put gas in the car two days before the money come in. Right. But, um, but, um, you know, I thank God for where I am right now. And I know y'all do too. We're yes, all most definitely. truly appreciative where God has brought us from. But tonight we're just going to talk about what that looked like. But the first question I want to ask is important because it's going to show people how we got to where we are and where we're trying to get. So what is your ultimate lifestyle goal? What does your life look like financially, um, mentally, and socially hmm. in, in your future? What do you think or what is it you're out to get? Uh, so... Financially, socially, and mentally. Mm -hmm. So I, I think mentally, it's a given for me. I really check myself daily as much as I can. And I think by doing that allows me to um, become a better person. So I would say that my goal would be mental peace mm -hmm. um, and not having like not having like a question mark on my head, like, you know, you did this to this person. Um, and that, you know, mental peace, it, a lot of areas in my life, um, I don't want to say control it, but it affects that area. So there has to be a balance across the board. So I think mental peace would probably be the ultimate goal. Um, financially, you know, I'm still defining like what my life is like. So I can say, hey, give me a million dollars. But 10 years from now, I may need dealing with Trump as a billion dollars to, mm -hmm. to, to survive. Um, but I do know that um, I want, I would say that I want enough. Ugh, I don't even want to put this out here because I feel like I'm jinxing myself. Um, 
I don't know what that is right now, but I do mm-hmm. know that it's more than where I am right now. Um, and then socially, I, that's, I mean, that's great that you <coughs> brought that up because I never really considered my social life in the future. Like, mm-hmm. you know, as I, as I get older, obviously, you know, dealing with this podcast, um, I have to consider it, but, um, I'm, I would say that I'm not the person to be like, I don't ever want to be famous. Um, you know, I'm not the person to be like on the front line of things. If it happens, it would be great, but that's not what I seek. What I do seek is, um, you know, respect and people really, you know, bind into who I am and my brand, um, and respecting that and honoring that. Um, but I think socially overall, I would definitely, I want to do more. I really would love to become like a humanitarian, like do more, um, on that angle, and yeah, that's just what that's just where I'm at. Physically, I want to be fit. Right. And I want I want I want my vitals to be nice, sitting pretty. <laughs> you know, that lifestyle change is. I don't I don't think it'll be the vegan lifestyle, but it it, it needs to be something that it's you know healthy. I'm healthy, correct? Mm-hmm. Car vegan. Um. Okay. So financially, I want to be debt free. Um. And that means for me and my future husband, because I want us to be as a unit debt free so that everything we pay for, we pay cash for it. And that's it. And I feel like that will, if you don't have outside of like our normal, like utility bills, not having extra bills will help us to be able to really live however we would like to whenever we get to that point. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm thinking about retirement. So I don't know what the dollar amount is, is as far as the amount of money I need to have to retire and what age that is. But um, whatever that is pursuant to whatever those charts are, that's what I want to have in the bank. Um, I want to be able to put my kids through college um, and provide for them uh, the luxuries that I was afforded. So like trips and stuff like that. But I also don't want to spoil them to the point where they are unable to fend for themselves mm-hmm. whenever they get in the real world. Um, socially, I want to remain friends with the people I'm friends with now. I feel like I, I think I have a good circle. Um, so I want to be like, what are they, sugar? That yes, group of friends. Sugar, yeah. I want to, my friend group is called JCRC, a.k.a. Uh, Petty Patrol. So ironic. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just ironic. I opened up Facebook and this was a picture of sugar. Right Are you here. serious? Yeah. Facebook be listening, like for real. Like <laughs> seriously. It really does. The fans is watching. Seriously. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so and then also I really, really want to live in the same city as my family, like at least my siblings and or um my parents or my parents-in-law, because I feel like that is super important for the growth of our kids whenever we do have them. Um, just to make sure that the family unit is still like super strong and like family is huge, like hugely important to me mentally. I really honestly just want to be, I think mental peace is, is a really, really good one, but also just, um, really being focused on like my relationship with God. I think I like, once I get to that age, I feel like I want to be able to exude God to everybody around me and to everybody, like my kids and stuff like that. Cause that's mm-hmm. super important to me for them to know God and to like, and I feel like once you do that and like you've accomplished all the things that you've wanted to 
in your life, like God will continue to keep blessing you with new things to experience. So, um, but yeah, I definitely want to be financially stable and debt free. That's like, I feel like number one, I'm, I'm, that's on my goal list is to pay off all debt in 2018. I don't know if it's going to happen, but right, it's on the list. So, um, mine falls in line with you all. You know, I think mentally, um, like Justin says, I just want to be at a point where my actions and things that I do, I'm not questioning them um, just so that, you know, I'm a positive light around all the people mm-hmm. that I'm involved with. Um, but that goes in, that coincides with what you said, Cara, as far as like, the relationship with Christ. Mm -hmm. So once I align myself with him the way I should be, then he will give me all the desires of my heart. And so those things will fall in line. And and when it comes to financial stability, that's basically what I want. I want to be 100% financially stable um, so that I can help those around me if need be. I can live a life where travel or shopping or um any other expense that i have that's gonna be um beneficial to me Mm -hmm. like something that i want that is not a question i don't have to question whether or not you know i can get avocado at chipotle you know what i'm saying like (laughs) or cheese on your burger correct or if i want to (laughs) just book a plane ticket to dubai i don't have to like question it um, same things with my kids. I want to be able to provide them the things that my parents provided me and more. I think that it's really important that generations are progressive. And that's one thing I've always said that my parents did well. I want to do better than them. Um, I think my dad set a great example of how to be financially debt free. So I need to live a lifestyle like that because he something that he always said was that the borrower is a server to the lender. So I do not want to be in debt the remainder of my life. Like I want to make sure that I take care of those things. But then I also want to make sure that I'm leaving something substantial to my children when my husband and I are no longer on this earth. Like I want them to have things that they can cherish for a long time. Um, And then socially, I just want to be surrounded with like-minded people. Um, My friends, my core friends right now are, wonderful people and I want us to all grow together um, and just continue to support each other and make sure that these trips that we take and you know like the baby showers and the weddings and all of those things that we're there for each other during those things and even in the hard times Mm -hmm. like that my friends can come to me and I can come to them when things are not always the best Um, And then I also, I I do want God to position me around people that help me elevate in my career and in my passion for social ventures as far as like the community and bettering um, those to come after me. Like I, I do have a passion working with kids. And so I want to be in a position where I am speaking to young girls. I am speaking to young men and helping give back in that nature. And I want that to be what my life looks like every day. Mm. Right. And I also don't want to be working for the man yeah. for the rest of my life. 
Working for the man is out after a certain point. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm really just here right now for these benefits. Correct. Because right. like when I go to the doctor, you know, right. you just pay the copay because you, you got insurance. Pay the copay. Correct. I'm but, so happy my copay is ten dollars. You know, and I don't even know what mine is. Can y'all? That's sad. Do y'all know what it means to have like a high deductible? What does that mean? So you know, your car needs to be fixed. That deductible is what you pay first before the insurance kick in, start to pay it. True story. Same so thing with the doctor. That's not the same as a copay then. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Your copay is basically the insurance company basically saying that, okay, hey, car is going to have to go to the hospital. I mean, to the doctor. <clears throat> well, she will have to, or she may go to the doctor. We're going to pay this much, and car pays this much, basically. It's not. <sighs> I don't think it's the same. I don't know. But so if I have a high deductible, then I probably won't have a copay. I'll probably have to pay until I reach. No, 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 no. You're still gonna have to pay your copay every time you go to the doctor, the emergency room, or whatever. Right. Um, The things that goes towards your deductible is those charges, right? So, like all hospital visits, any like medicines that you get, like anything goes towards that deductible. So the more you go to the hospital, the faster that you pay that deductible off, if that makes sense. It does. Okay, sorry. That was off topic, but I just thought about it. I mean, it's education. Because I don't know anything. I've never had a high deductible insurance, health insurance policy before. Yeah. I have it at my new job, so I was just confused. That's what it is. Hmm. Pay that first, and then they'll pay out. Mm -hmm. So getting back to the growing pains. Yeah. Now that everyone knows what type of lifestyle we're trying to live, let's take it on back a few years. What was the toughest time of your life? When? Thus far. We don't know what. I have so many. I was (laughs) going to say, I have two distinct ones. And I I keep saying 2015 because I think that was the the one where I was like, like I was by myself, like an adult living in a new city, had just got a new car and couldn't pay for none of it. It was terrible. But then I think the first really bad time was college. Like every, so I got, I had scholarships and I got loans, but there was always a gap in between the amount of money I got and what I owed. And it was always like $2,000. And every semester I would basically get kicked out of school every semester because I couldn't pay whatever the $2,000 was. So mm-hmm. That was rough, so I would have to scrounge up that. Then I had a meal plan, but like my starting my sophomore year, I couldn't afford a meal plan, so I would have to use my other friends' meal plans to get food. And then they started acting like you couldn't use other people's cards, so then I would have to get people to get food and bring it to To me. Then if we would ever go out to eat, I would just never buy anything and just like eat everybody else's leftovers, which is so like, it's so demeaning. Not that my friends are like making fun of me, but I just, I felt bad about it. Um, I didn't have a car. I worked jobs on campus and like had my little bit of money just so I could like pay like my phone bill. But that was like a super struggle. Like everybody was like, "Man, Carl, when you get some money, like you gonna be dope because you are so broke right now." <laughs> I couldn't pay for books. I couldn't. That was actually one of the first thing that one of the reasons why I fell in love with Ben is because 
I was getting kicked out of school and I could not find the money and he gave me like two thousand dollars. And we had literally just started dating. I think probably maybe two months. Maybe two months, yeah. So from that moment I was like, that's my husband. Um but I have so many people that I can thank for um paying my way through. Like one of my neos ended up paying a portion of my money so I could become an AKA. Um I'm sure my line sisters have paid out hella money to feed me and or have allowed me to borrow their clothes and or their car or whatever to get back and forth to work. Um, so mentally, what kept you afloat during those times? I just, I I knew law school was my goal at the time. So like I knew I wanted to be a lawyer. So I was just like, you know, I just got to get through these four years. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just, the end goal was just graduate and get through these four years. Like that's all I kept saying. And I always had what I needed, not necessarily what I wanted, but definitely mm-hmm. what I needed. Like I had food, I had clothes, I didn't have a car, so I didn't need gas. So I, I pretty much had what I needed. It was just a matter of like not having many luxuries. And if I did, like Mercer made it, my my undergrad made it easier for people who were broke to enjoy things. So like they would have a lot of free events. Mm. We got into games for free. I was a cheerleader, so I got in a lot of the games for free anyway. They would have midnight movie where you could watch a, a movie that's in the theaters right then for a dollar. That's nice. You just had to get to the movie theater. So like there were things. I mean, in college, you know, fun is going to somebody's apartment and chilling. Right. So like, like it wasn't like I was missing out on like huge things, but I, I didn't have a lot of luxuries. Um, but in 2015, the mistake I made was I ended up I moved into a really expensive apartment. This was my idea. I was like, ooh. My first law school, uh, law firm job. I'm about to be making all this money. I I just got a new car, and I was like, I need to live in the best part of town. So I moved to Uptown, mm-hmm. and I'm paying, you know, hella on rent and hella on a car and trying to. It was just like a lot. Mm-hmm. So I just had to stop. I wasn't going out. I was, if I was going out, it was something free or it was a date. Like I was being very just stingy with my money and I was dry I drove for Lyft for a little bit. I um what else did I do part time? I did something else. I started teaching part time. Like I just tried to do part time jobs because I was like, I'm gonna have to like I gotta make money. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I literally so like I consider all kind of jobs. Like I can <laughs> I don't even want to tell y'all the stuff I consider. <laughs> I like almost started trying to do something illegal. It was just really like it was <laughs> like legitimately like made some calls and I was yeah. like, Cara, this is not who you are. I mean, and I'm a whole like, lawyer. Well, I mean, it's like you would know so how to get yourself it. out. Right. Of it. Yeah, but I the fact that I am even like I'm kind of embarrassed that I even thought like it was a Girl, legitimate don't thought. Be. It was yeah. a legitimate thought. Like I was like, because my my parents were like, I mean, I give you fifty dollars, but, but and I feel them because I was you know I'm twenty nine like or how was I? yeah I was twenty eight at the time or twenty nine yeah. but I feel them you know what I'm saying but it was rough. Yeah, it was rough. So you just you just make you you literally just have people around you that are able that that know your struggle that'll pray for you. And like Ben gave me so much money during that time frame, like over yeah. a six months span. Right. He was like paying almost all of my bills just yeah. off the strength, and we were not together. Wow. So, so my story is similar to yours. Yeah. Um, and not just to like, I guess, 
say the same things that you said, but like my college years were, you know, I, I think everyone assumed that college is going to be tough and rough and broke, right? That's like the common theme. Mm-hmm. But I would say that my situation, I'm sure yours as well, or ours, mine was a little bit below, like not a little bit, but a whole lot below broke, like. My brokenness affected my emotional and mental being, like, while in school, oh, wow. which was terrible. So, I mean, mm-hmm. just like you, Car, I never had – I like, I literally made it through school without purchasing books. I think I purchased books my freshman year, my first semester freshman year, but I couldn't afford books. So I had to literally um, either become really great friends with someone in class so we, I can share their book or I would have to make copies, which obviously – you can't copy a whole book. Yeah. It costs mm-hmm. money to copy. So I really don't know how I made it through undergrad. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, but I think one of the most, um, a, like, I guess a real tough time for me was when I had to sit out of school for two and a half years. Um, this was like my, I would say, junior year. Oh, wow. Like, I mean, I'm like kind of started right at the end. You know, my social life is popping. They don't know that I'm broke, but, you know, who, you know, no one needs to know that I'm right. broke. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but to make a long story short, like my financial aid had got like messed up because I didn't have like the total. I think at that particular time, you had to have so many hours uh, within the year. Um, and then my last semester, like I dropped a four credit course, which basically took my financial aid away. Oh. So did they not tell you that? Before you drop the course? Um, no, because no, you don't really <laughs> consult with people when you're about to drop a course. You just actually go online and you just oh, drop it, right? Oh, yeah. And I never really, I never really paid too much attention about it because I was always good. I didn't know that I would, would be off. And anyway, so to make a long story short, because I did that, like they pretty much refunded all of my financial aid and my loans. Mm-hmm. So I was stuck with a, I remember this number, it's like $7,300 or $7,324 or something like that. And, you know, my mom, my parents aren't rich at all. Like, they're not rich at all. Like, they lived paycheck to paycheck. I mean, we never wanted for anything or we never, like, went without food and lights, but they literally lived paycheck to paycheck. So, during that time, like outside of on top of being already broke, on top of like your friends already taking care of you, on top of like you just not having, um, I had to go home. And when I tell you, like it's 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 one thing to like um, tough out your broke years in college amongst other broke people, but whenever you are like, it wasn't that I was on academic probation. Like my academics, like my my GPA was straight. Like I was academically, I was good, but my school couldn't do anything for me because of me dropping a course, which took me under like the federal um, laws and me getting that. It just mentally put me in a place. So I had to like move back home. I remember I had to like find a job. Um, My first job, I spent like maybe, I, I probably worked a month and a half at this this um bread factory mm, so i was wow. working in like 110 degrees i'm like what this were you is doing there i was um so like you know how they have the assembly lines mm-hmm. so like obviously bread has to um 
you have to like you have to put in like a, not a humidifier but like something to make it rise in order for it to break uh, bake faster. It was just extreme temperatures. I just felt like a loser. Like I had to overcome my mental thought of where I felt my life was going. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I ended up I was like, man, I cannot do this. And my uncle at the time, my godfather at the time, worked there. Like he was like this top person at the company, and he was like, you know, I can get you a job, but it's going to be real intense. So I had to let him know that like I could not work there. Like at all like and I felt extremely bad so I felt like my relationship with my godfather changed which it didn't but um I ended up working at cons thank god I like got a job at cons it was a pure commission-based job Mm -hmm. and I worked there for two and a half years and I paid that $7,300 off so when all of your friends like all at this point all of my friends are pledging at this point, all of my friends were, um, you know, graduating, and I'm like, my life is at a literal standstill. And I remember, like, at my workstation, like, and you asked how did I get through it or what made me stay afloat, it was really my relationship with Christ. So mm-hmm. Jeremiah 29, 11, when he talks about, you know, I know, um, y'all can research it, but, like, it talks about him supplying all your needs or like pray, uh, pray for everything within um, like honoring Christ. And I can't really think of the scriptures right now, but I would literally have scriptures on my computer desk. And I remember my boss saying like, Justin, you can't have that. You got to take that down. Mm. And I'm like, I'm not taking it down. You can take it down yourself. I'm not taking it down. But um, I think it was a really, really tough time. And it really made me, um, it gave me something that I can always stand on. So I always talk about that. I always talk about that moment in my job interviews because it lets people know how self-motivated I was and determined to overcome that obstacle. Like I didn't, you know, could someone give me the money? Maybe so. I didn't have that. So I had to work and actually go back to school. Some people don't even do that. So for me to like just get through all of that and yeah. I mean, y'all, it was just tough, dark moments. Like spiritually, I was being pulled. I mean, me disconnecting with my friends, moving back home, me arguing with my mom all the time, me going through all this is not having a car. Mm. Um mm-hmm. it was just it was just dark. And I'm forever grateful to like my relationship with Christ because it was only through that strength, that that spiritual strength that really got me through it. Cause I really thought like, dude, you're not going to graduate. Like you're going to, you're going to be in Lafayette for the rest of your life. And it's amazing how like your mind will take you places where it does not need to go. Mm-hmm. Um, I can also talk about more, but we won't even have time. So <laughs> yeah. Well, um, how about you, Mish? The toughest, toughest time for me was when I was living in Atlanta. Um, And I think I've said this several times before. Atlanta really made me the person I am today. And when I say it made me the person, I'm talking about, like, my mentality of working, my work ethic, um, just financially how I moved because when I moved to Atlanta, I was 22 years old. I just graduated from college. Um, My parents, they supported me in the move, but obviously, you know, when you're making a a decision like that to say, hey, I'm going to move here, they don't have to financially give you everything, right? Right. And um, 
I'd kind of gone through some things with my dad right before I moved. So uh, my dad helped me get a, he didn't help me. My dad bought me another car when I graduated college. I was supposed to pay my dad back for like $2,500 of the car. But he didn't take into account that like I just graduated and most people don't find a job for like six to eight months, right? Mm -hmm. So he got really mad at me and he was just basically like, I'm not helping you with anything else. So when I moved to Atlanta, when I made the decision to move to Atlanta, he was just like, you know, this is your decision. So I will support you in this way, but this is all I can do for you because of what you did with the car. So I just knew I was on my own. Um, I got to Atlanta and I was naive. I was working a job, um, probably making like $9 an hour out of college, right? So um, my supervisor at the job was throwing advances at me and he would like text me after like sexual advances yeah like he would oh my god while we were there while we were at work he would say things to me about like oh I see you changed your hair today who you up here trying to look cute for we work with kids like there were we we I was working at a substance abuse facility for children so nobody Cause we work with kids, so what are you talking about? So he would say stuff like that, or like he would text me after work on my phone and just be like, you know, um, so what you got up for the weekend? Am I gonna see you out and stuff like that? And it was like it made me uncomfortable. Yeah, right. So I mentioned it to someone that uh, works on the job with me, and the director of the program pulled me in the office. Um, with him and was like you're spreading these rumors and this is not what he's doing to you and so me being 22 I I was just fully uncomfortable sitting in the office with the person that is sending me the sexual advances and then you the director telling me that it's not true so at 22 it was just like What do you do? You know what I'm saying? Like, I I didn't know who to contact. I didn't know who to tell or anything like that. And so that was that was the main job that I was my full time job. But I was also working at Baker's. So after that, the supervisor would like periodically still text me every now and then. But I just wouldn't respond to any of it. And then he he started picking on me. So like anything I did at work that was not correct, it was like automatic write up. So I think the last straw was I was late one day. And so they fired me, basically. Mm. So I'm going from making nothing, basically, right? Because I was staying with my cousin, but then I went and got an apartment after only staying with him for like 50 days. And I was like, nah, I want my own place. Mm. So I went and got my own place. (laughs) All I had in my apartment was my bed, my furniture, which my mom bought, my couch, my TV that I brought from Texas, and my clothes. Mm. That was all I had. Um, barely any dishes. Like I was clearly living like Yeah. Yeah. A struggle, right? Yeah. Yeah. But I was young and I, you know, I felt like this is what I'm supposed to do. This is how you, you know, get to whatever. And wasn't nobody coming over there anyway. Nobody was coming over there. So I lose the job and I'm working at Baker's. And this one, things got really, really tough. 
Um, Baker's was a job where, I mean, I think we made minimum wage and then commission. Mm -hmm. So it was like, what am I going to do? How am I going to pay rent? How am I going to pay my lights? I could call my dad, but he's going to be like, all right, we're going to break the lease and you coming home. And I didn't want to do that. Like Mm -hmm. I was at the point of like, no, Mm -hmm. I have to Mm -hmm. build my own life. So it was that relationship with Christ. I just, I didn't know where the next dollar was really coming from but my supervisor at baker's for some reason he i didn't tell anybody that was going on because i've always been private like i don't tell people what's going on in Mm -hmm. my life he didn't know that i lost my other job but he could tell something was going on so Mm -hmm. he just started asking me you want more hours like can i put you on the schedule for this and i'd be like yeah and that's how i made it through maybe like two weeks after all that happened um two or three weeks I got a phone call from a job that I had applied to when I was still in college. Mm. Yeah, like wow. we're talking about May. And this was like January of the year after I graduated. And that was the hospital that mm. I met you at where we started working together. And they offered me the job. I think I was probably making like $13 an hour there. But it was more than yeah. before, mm-hmm. you right. know. Yeah. Um. Then I I started working at the club. So I was like a door girl at the club. I was working the 3 p.m. to 11 p.m. shift at the hospital. I worked at Baker's on the side. And that's where I got like the hustle mentality. Mm -hmm. It was like, all right, well, if I'm going to make the money, I'm going to make it. Um, Mm -hmm. And at a certain point, I just got to the place where it was like, okay, it's cool to get the money in all these different ways. But what was my degree for? Like, how can I capitalize on that? Mm-hmm. Um, but what got me through was like my friends and my relationship with Christ. Because I didn't tell my parents still to this day don't know I got fired. Um, <laughs> <laughs> my brother, I would call him and ask him for like a few dollars. But if I asked him for too much, he would know something was going on. So he would tell my mom. Mm-hmm. Um, my family, I didn't tell them. But it was my friends. Like I had friends around me. Um they would just still invite me places. And I don't know if they knew what was going on, but they were like feeding me, like you were saying, mm-hmm. people were feeding you. They were like feeding me. Turkey Neck Tuesday got me through a lot mm-hmm. of days. Um, it was just being surrounded with people that cared about me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then praying to God because I knew that he would cover me. <coughs> but... With that, I mean, it was a, it was a really tough time, and I feel like I I contributed to some of that because I didn't have to go get an apartment, but I did. Um, I was about to say I think that um, it's important for for the listeners, especially the younger listeners, to understand that I think what when I was in college, I was you know between nineteen and twenty two, and then when I struggled again, I was like in my late twenties, like. Mm-hmm. It, your early 20s are seemingly the time where you struggle the most. Yeah. Because generally you're trying to figure yourself out. You're trying to forge your own path and, you know, separate from your parents. So I think that if you're in like that 22 to 27 range and you're struggling, it's like that's a normal thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Most people go through that time. Do y'all feel like y'all could have done more? Like now thinking in retrospect. Yeah. I feel the same way too. Yeah. I feel like well, I could. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, go ahead. Sorry. I no, no, no. Try. I'm just saying like, I just felt like I could have been a little bit more intentional, a little bit more focused. Um, I could have go harder. I could have um, done more endless. 
correct more and less correct <laughs> I, like a lot less i had a very hard i had a very hard head um i was uncoachable no one could if if i didn't know you you couldn't tell me what i needed to do which mm. is terrible like my my me having a hard head got no what got got in the way of most of my struggle and it really i would say that had it not been um there i probably would i would have struggled less um so i'm saying this to say like if you know that you're mental or if you know that you're being a hard ass or you're having a hard head, don't let that get in the way. Allow people to come in and help you. Pride was definitely an issue for me, but yeah. I, I don't know. I just felt like I, I, I could have done I could have done more. Um, yeah, especially in my, I could have done more in my late 20s. Like I didn't have to go get a car that was my car noticed too much. Yeah. Like I could have, you know, like. I was trying to be a show off, like just off the strength of, ooh, I'm a lawyer. Like mm. it it in retrospect, I'm like, this is stupid. Mm. Like I literally could be driving a Honda right now and still be fine. Okay. Right. Like right. Be, who cares? Be, before I moved to Atlanta, and I know we have more questions, but before I moved to Atlanta, like I was in a situation where I had this individual like, hey, I'm gonna help you get on your feet. Mm. You just need to do XYZ. And I was like, uh, nah. nah. Yeah. I want to go to Atlanta. Yeah. And struggled even more, more in Atlanta. Yeah. Like, so that first wave was me just getting my bachelor's degree. And you already know the struggle, how, how like, the next struggle. Um, And it was all of me. Like, I'm just thinking, like, I had people that was there to help me. But it wasn't in the, it wasn't the way that I wanted to be helped. And I got in the way. Yeah. Not saying that, you know, life, you know, life actually took its course, but I would say that I would say more than more than 50% of my struggle was because of me. It was self-induced in some type of way, mm -hmm. a result of something, a result of a decision. Um, so I think you just need to be mindful of it. I know that like people want to have like those free years, you know, of like just doing whatever. But you you can do that and still be intentional at the exact same time. Like the problem with help sometimes, though, is it comes with strings attached. True, correct. And that's why I know I can say a lot of the times when people are like, oh, I can help you get blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I'm good on it. Because I don't want you to come back later and be like, the only reason why you where you at is because I helped you with blah, blah, blah. Or mm -hmm. you ain't going to help me with this. Remember that time I helped? I don't like that. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't. I would rather struggle then have to deal with the I told you so. Or right, the, and I'm, I wasn't referring to like just a handout. I'm talking about yeah. like people who really, like it's obvious that they, I mean, it's not, it's not so far off for me to see the, the ending result, right? Obviously right. you do have those people who would throw that back in your face. Mm. Hell, some of my friends did that to me. Like I think in the question later on, <laughs> which we're going to answer, I think what made me get to... I guess what made me wake up was well, when... Well, that is it. Okay. So we can go there. Yeah. So like, what so, was your breaking point in, like, this said, like, hey, I got to get it together or I want more out of life? Like... My my breaking point was <coughs> when my circle was being damaged because of my situation. Mm -hmm. Like, me being broke, me not, you know, having to take, what, two and a half years off. Like, just me being financially in a horrible place, me having a hard head... Me not being focused, me, me not being intentional, like my core group of 
um, people who were there to support me emotionally, and these are my friends. Um, I mean, I got into an argument with every one of them, like not just an argument, but like something that literally made me stop talking to them. Thank God, you know, it was replenished, but that's what made me wake up. Like, you know, I was already distant with my family. Like now me and my family have a way better relationship. But after I left home at 17, I never really looked back. Like I, you know, I fostered and maintained a relationship with my mom and my sister. Everyone else, like if I saw you, I saw you, Mm -hmm. you know, and that was it. But, you know, at that point when my core group of friends were like my circumstances was damaging that relationship, I was like, wow, I need to I need to get it together. Like I need at this point, I'm I'm becoming a burden to people who want to be my friend. They don't have to be or obligated to, you know, be in my life. Mm -hmm. So that's what made me wake up. Mine is similar, except it was with my family. Like, I was fighting with my mom about getting mad at her because she wouldn't let me borrow money because I was like, you really going to let me get evicted? Like, you just really going to let me get evicted? So she was like, I mean, you got to figure it out, you know? Um, Which I'm sure it was hard for her. It was hard. Yeah, Yeah. I'm sure. Um, I would be asking my little siblings for money, which is. Yeah, like I've been there so too. embarrassing. So embarrassing. Yep. Um, I, I mean, I was asking Ben for money. I was, and I don't like. I hate asking people for money. It just makes me so. I don't care who it is. It makes me really uncomfortable. Like I, even asking for money for my wedding. Like you know, your parents are like quote unquote mm-hmm. supposed to pay for stuff. Mm-hmm. It's it's the weirdest. I still have not asked my dad for anything wedding related. Like, mm. because it just makes me uncomfortable. Cara, it's March. I know. I know. You need to let him know now. I know. So he can it's, prepare. It's just, I, it just really makes me uncomfortable. So mm. it's, but it's just one of those things like my, my family was like, my mom was like, I can't help you. And I was angry with her. Mm. I was angry with her for months. Mm. And I really had to pray about that. Cause I was like, I, you know, like, I just feel like your parents are always supposed to help you, but you know, to a certain, like, from, at a certain point, like, you have to forge your own path. So, um, yeah, I didn't necessarily, my friends didn't really know what was going on, per se. Um, the friends that did know would, like, a couple of friends sent me, like, Starbucks gift cards, because I was studying for the bar at the same mm-hmm. time, too, so, like, mm-hmm. they would send me Starbucks gift cards, or they would, like, like, one time I had got sick, I had um, strep throat when I was studying for the bar. Ooh. But I couldn't afford to go to the doctor because I didn't have a thirty. I didn't have the thirty dollars. So my friend like sent me money mm-hmm. to go to the doctor. So like I have some like some, but I I still like I said didn't that, like asking. So like mm-hmm. they would just do they they would just do it without me asking. But whenever I asked people that my breaking point was like whenever my mama was like I'm not, I was like I'm about to get evicted. She was like well you just gonna have to deal with it. Mm. And oh, one time my lights got cut off. Oh, my lights got cut off also. My lights got cut off, and I had to go stay at my ex boyfriend's house because I was like, I was like, hey, my lights are off. Like, can I? Let me tell y'all why my lights didn't get cut off because I sit in the dark all day. (laughs) (laughs) You see, I'm the opposite. I love light. I, mean, I was like, I ain't turning on Ned. Like, ain't nobody coming over here. I'm in the dark. Like, for real, for real. Wasn't nothing plugged up with that TV and that doggone refrigerator. 
That was it. Listen. And I didn't really do a lot either. I don't know. My light bills weren't even high. Mm. I just didn't have the $30 or whatever it was to pay them. Right. I never had a $30 light bill. Never have I ever had a 30 or 40 too. or even $50 light bill. You'd be hiding it? Listen, I like light, y'all. And I Oh, so like, you don't. See, I don't turn the air or heat. I didn't turn the heat of the air on. Exactly. I'm talking about it would be cold or I was cold. in there. I was like, I don't give a darn. Baby had all the blankets. You, when I lived in Atlanta, my lights got cut off. <laughs> And I had to ask my little sister to open up an electricity account for me so I can have electricity. Because you couldn't pay because the bill was too high for it you to pay It was too high for me to pay off. And uh-huh. I couldn't, at that point, my like, it, it was, you know, I ran out of Peters. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, so you got your Paula. So, I mean, I'm glad we're having this conversation <laughs> right now because I will be, and this is not like my maternal sister. This is like, my sister on my dad's side. So, I oh, mean, okay. it was just like... <laughs> it was rough. It was rough. So, I need to take care of her. I'm glad I thought about that. I need to do something special for her. So, my breaking point, it was two. So, uh, I worked at that hospital for a few years and then... Uh, well, no, not a few years. For like 10, 11 months, something like that. And then I got an opportunity to get another job, which was a great job. It was a work-from-home position, um, similar... To what I do now, but just on the bachelor's level. Um, and I was doing well. Um, but I had a cousin that had like six kids, right? Mm-hmm. And so she got food stamps. Come on, food stamps. So I still would like hit her up and be like, hey, I'm going to give you 50 for the 100. You know Correct. what I'm saying? Um, and so <laughs> I would do that. Well, the two breaking points was me and her got into an argument. She got on Facebook. I wrote a status. We what we were talking about had nothing to do with me, right? We were talking about some family stuff, right? And she just decided she was just gonna run off at the mouth. So she got on the status that I had written on that the was book. like on the book. That was <laughs> it was a sublim, right? My mm-hmm. status was subliminal. She got on a status and was like, I'm fully going to expose you. And she was just like, all you do is go to the club. All you do is um, be out with your friends. And then she was like, and somebody that's really successful wouldn't need to pay me $50 so they can get $100 off of food stamps. I was so like, right. you know, like. What did they call that? 38 hot? 38 hot. (laughs) I mean, and then I said something to her that was fully disrespectful. (laughs) And I'm not going to repeat it. I'm not going to repeat what I said because it was fully disrespectful. But she was disrespectful too. Yeah, absolutely. So that was one thing. Then my supervisor at the job I was working at, she was just like, what are your plans? Like, what are are you going to do? This this cannot be it for you. Like, what else are you supposed to be doing right now and I fully was supposed to be in Georgia to get my master's degree and that was when I was like let me get my life together (laughs) I'm up here kicking it they got a little bit of money and it wasn't even no real money got a little bit of money going out all the time and now my supervisor is asking me (laughs) what am I doing in my life yeah, I need to get it together. Well, you know, I think along the way, you do have people who really see your greatness and they speak 
over your life, like in yeah. some in some type of way. Like I think on a previous episode, like I would have random people stop me, like, and they would tell me, "This is not where you're gonna be. Like, you're this is not where you your life is gonna be. You're mm-hmm. gonna you're gonna move up and you're gonna do you're gonna move on to bigger and better things." And I never really knew um, what they were talking like about. what they were talking about because all I knew was my struggle, like, and how I needed to move forward. So um, I think. There's this book called God Winks, and I think it's a really great read. My mom loves that book. Yes, and it just makes you, it, it allows you to be more mindful of like how, when, like, and how God communicates with us. <laughs> Are you okay? Drink some water. You girl. Make it? Raise your hand. <laughs> oh my God. And um, not, you know, not to make it so spiritual, but that was like, I mean, the one thing that kept me afloat was my, my relationship with Christ. Like, yeah. I mean, you know, it's one thing to have people like pay pay for you, but you have to be you have to find inner strength some type of way in order mm-hmm. to be able to fully not give in. Mm-hmm. And I could have we've all could have, you know, given in and like, you know, turned to the easier routes of um, you know, making money, but obviously that would have came with a consequence or a price or a connection or whatever. Um, but those moments, like, you know, your manager's having a conversation, like, show, like, you know, he probably, he or she probably saw something within you and was like, you know what? I need to have a conversation with her in some type of way. It was a chin check. It was like, okay, Mm -hmm. you know, obviously somebody else sees that I should be doing more and Mm -hmm. I can be doing more and she sees how talented I am. So it was a chin check, but, um, how did you move forward and what were the ups and downs of, you know, getting past those tough times? I had to make a lot of sacrifices. Like, like I was saying, I stopped going out. I wasn't like doing a whole bunch. I was like under the radar. If I did some, it was like church related or like free. I was very, you know, um, just low key mm-hmm. um, and just made sure that like my bills were paid. Like, um, and I literally, I think as we've all said, I think that was probably the time when my relationship with God was the strongest because it was pretty much all I had. So um, I just literally made sure that I didn't get to that point ever again. Like I was trying to put stuff into place where I could um, could just be financially stable from there on out. Mm-hmm. Now I did still make, and I'm still not the best when it comes to money management, um, I think like right after I got straight, I went to Coachella, which I could have sat my behind all the way down. Like that was really so unnecessary. But I felt like I deserved it. I'm like, you know, I'm out of this hole. Let me, because I was depressed. So I was like, let me, you know, reward myself. And it was a good, it was a good idea at the time for my emotional state, but financially it probably wasn't the best decision. Um, but I think, yeah, I just, I continued to, um, pray a lot and just keep a group of friends around me that were speaking life into me and over my own life and also just kind of telling me what they saw that I couldn't. And so even y'all, like y'all saw the fact that I was going to have another job before I even saw it. So mm-hmm. it's just, it's always good to have people to just kind of remind you of what you're worth. Correct. For sure. I am. Um, for me, um, mine, what I did 
one, which this may seem extremely churchy, y'all, but it's my truth, and this is what happened, right? Yeah. So the little money that I did make, I literally began to tithe. When I began to, like, sow into my believer's kingdom, uh... And I can say that I was a, you know, I was that type of Christian where, like, you know, I'm sowing, I need my return back. And I was like, at that point, you know, I had already had a good relationship with him. So I'm like, okay, God, like, and I know this is not good to do. Like, you're not supposed to sow to expect. However, <laughs> that's just where I was. Like, rather maybe $25 that I was putting into church or $30 or, you know, you know, whatever, how much, however amount it was, like, I was like, you know what, I need to sow in some type of way. Mm-hmm. The other area was shout out to my friend Byron. I mention him all the time, but he was like, we struggled together. And when I tell you, we would literally wake up like a normal day, like we were going to work and we would fill out job applications all day I love long. That. Mm-hmm. All day long. Like we would probably go, we would take a break for lunch. But or maybe watch like because we really love X Men like the actual comic cartoons. We would probably watch X Men for a little while, but then we would get back on the computer and we would apply for jobs over and over and over and over and over again. And it got to the point where I was doing so many interviews, and I'm sure like my interviews, I was probably like the guy that was like damn near begging for a job, which is kind of not good. You're supposed to like have a little like you know, do you want me? Um, but it really taught me a lot because that's where that's when I learned how to interview. Mm-hmm. Um, I allowed myself to accept a no, and that's hard. Like you, you find yourself you really want a job, like you need the fucking money. Like mm-hmm. I don't know what I can do to let you know how much I need this. I'm gonna be forever indebted to this company, whatever this organization. And for you not to get the job, like it, it takes you to more of a spiritual level. And it took me there, and it was like, you know what? That's when I became, I began to develop the mentality, like, you know, man cannot tell me no. Like, I can hear a thousand no's, but I know that I'm going to hear a yes mm-hmm. and, or an acceptance at some point. And, um, you know, I was able to get into corporate America, you know, at some point, and I made sure to, like, always put my best, my best foot forward. Like, I made sure to always be on point at work. I made sure to make sure that I network within the organizations. That way, you know, my like, you know, my supervisor wouldn't be able to like predict how far I go. If I felt that I was going to be stopped by an individual, I always made sure that I made like a, an adjacent or a parallel, um, like fostered an adjacent or parallel relationship with someone within that organization. And I identified, okay, I had to like understand like would I be able to move up if I knew that I couldn't move up, then I would find another job. Like, mm-hmm. I would flip myself, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And it got to a point where, like, I, within a within a matter of, I would say, three years, I, like, tripled my income because of, like, what I just said. Like, mm-hmm. if I knew that, I remember they had this one black lady when I worked at Racetrack. She was in the military. But for whatever reason, this lady did not like me. She was, like, my district manager. And... She did not, like, she was not going to promote me. I, like, I studied her. I knew the people that she surrounded herself by, and I was like, you know what? This is not where I'm going to be. I, like, applied for a bajillion jobs, and I end up getting her position just at a different company. Wow. You understand what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. I could have given in or just was like, man, 
let me just stay here and try to like, you know, work it out or do whatever. But I'm like, fuck no. Like you are one woman mm-hmm. and I can't allow you to stop this progression, you know? Right. So I, I just was determined to like never, ever, ever go back financially to that struggle. And I'm still like fighting to never, ever go back, if mm-hmm. that makes sense, which is, you know, it's not a good thing. Eventually, I do want to be able to be like, okay, you got this in the account and you're going to be fine or have enough faith that God will, you know, still continue to supply all those needs for you. But I just got very fierce, fiercely determined and it was scary but i had to do what i had to do and it was like you know what if you can't help me there's no reason for me to be talking to you right now mm-hmm. um i mean moving forward for me i just i got back in school i got my master's degree um i was completely focused on my career i began to surround myself around professionals that could teach me more about the profession. Um, there's one person in particular who I worked with her when I got my master's degree, I worked with her in another department of the hospital. And, um, I would just watch how she projected her professionalism. So like behind the scenes when we were together and you know, like the patients couldn't see She was one person, but the moment she stepped in front of a patient, it was like the book just opened and she could like read the pages. It was almost as if she would just like regurgitate what she had read before. And I just felt like that's how sharp I want to be when it comes to my profession. When it comes to psych, I want to be that sharp. And I just continued to study people that were like her. Um, And then I, I began to develop a passion for my career like okay yeah I'm doing this and I went and got the degrees or whatever and it's cool Mm -hmm. but what is the reason I'm doing it for right and once I did that um I just started to make decisions that were um better for not only my career and me financially, but better for the people that I was going to be working with. Yeah. So I focused on like, okay, children are who I want to work with. Adults, I'm cool on adults. It's the kids <laughs> that I want to work with. Why do I want to work on the ki- with the kids? Blah, blah, blah. So um, that was one way that I moved forward. And then other ways is just like I, I refocused my life. Um, I had fun in Atlanta. It was a good time. But it was time to bring it on back to Dallas. Yeah. Can we like go there? You say you refocus your life. Mm-hmm. Like, what is that like? Because I think I went through that as well. You went through that as well. Without like going into detail, but like, what is that refocusing your life? So the first thing for me was Christ. Mm-hmm. Like, I went back to church. There mm-hmm. was a point, and we talked about this before on that episode when we talked about a religion. There was a point where I wasn't going to church because of certain reasons. Mm -hmm. So I made it a point where I joined a church in Atlanta before I left Mm -hmm. and I was going consistently. So that's where it started. Mm -hmm. But then it also started in like other things like I don't need to go shopping all the time. I don't need to go Mm -hmm. out all the time. I don't need to be around certain people all the time. Listen, that right there. Yeah. 
necessary. So that was what, you know, refocusing yeah. was like. And mm-hmm. um, then I decided to move back to Dallas and things just have progressed to where they are now, um, which still a lot of things that I want to get to. But um, I don't know. It was It was just like I can't go back there. Like you mm-hmm. said, it was like I made a point that I'm not going back to that mm-hmm. ever again. Like that, that will never be my lifestyle mm-hmm. just kicking it all the time and struggling while you kicking it like that doesn't <laughs> even make sense to me yeah those that live it you know hey hey do what you gotta do but um yeah so it was just <clears throat> surrounding myself around professional mentors and then like i said refocusing um but the one thing that i want y'all to share before we go is the biggest lesson you learned from your struggle? Hmm. That's a good question. There's so many. Um, I would say, uh, I mean, the one that really stands out is man can't tell me no. Like, I I don't think you understand. Like when it comes to like my goals from my career, I don't allow man to get in the way. And that's exactly what it is. Like if you tell me no, okay, I'm just going to go around the side of the house, but I'm going to fucking get in. You know right. what I'm saying? One way or another. And I think that helps me to not get discouraged when I'm trying to like get to that next level. And it's not to the point where like I'm like, I definitely don't go behind people back, like backstabbing and do all this extra stuff because I always feel that I need to move on solid ground mm-hmm. and good ground. But then I also don't allow my nose to overcome um, like where I'm trying to go. Um, and I'm very determined in that aspect. Like, um, that is probably like my biggest lesson outside of the norm, like me not having a hard head. Sometimes Justin, you have to listen. Sometimes you have to humble yourself. Like I, the, the, the biggest lesson probably would be like just literally humbling myself to life, humbling myself to people to allow them to help me. Um, but outside of that, it's just to, I have to fight. I have to literally fight for my success. Mm-hmm. There's so many, but one I think that's sticking out to me right now is that I am multifaceted and multi-talented. So even if I lost my job today, like my legal job, I have so many other talents and ways that I can make money based off of my raw talent that I can put to use. Mm-hmm. Uh, I started making Snapchat filters during that time, like all that kind of stuff. Like I have discovered an entirely new side of myself that I was unaware of because I had to find out creative ways to make money. So just that basically I was, you know, gifted by God with a whole bunch of other talents that I can that I can use. And if I if I ever am just like done with being a practicing attorney, I can be an interior designer or be a uh, an event planner or be a, a graphic designer or a social media strategist or whatever. I can do so many other things. It just forced me to get out of my comfort zone and learn how to do other things to make money. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so the biggest lesson that I learned um, was my strength. Um, I think during those times where I was at my lowest, um, Philippians 4.13, like, really rang through. I can do all things through Christ. Like, just because financially I don't have this doesn't mean that I can't get this. You know, like, it, it was like I, mm-hmm. I cannot stop. I <clears throat> During my master's program was working two jobs while getting my master's degree. And I was in a relationship and I had friends and it was just like, but I did it. And mm-hmm. it was like because Christ was able to take me through those things. So I, I think the biggest lesson for me is just that, if I have a desire, as long as I align myself with God, I will be able to accomplish whatever and get through whatever. Like the struggle doesn't last always. Come on. <laughs> so, that. yeah. Now that we've gone through all the tough times, I don't know about y'all, but that kind of, I don't want to go back there. Like, no. Talking about it, I'm no. just thinking about how I do not ever want to be. No. Yeah. In that situation oh, yeah. again. No. Mentally, financially, spiritually, like none of that. I do not want to revisit that. And I think we have our own struggles <laughs> now. You know, it may not be to that like that place, but we have, you know, we have different struggles now. Like right. it may not be finances, but we have I have different struggles. I'm gonna speak yeah, for myself. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. Um and although I do not want to go back to those financial struggles, you know, um, I just it's it's just it was just too much. You know, it was yeah. so dark. It was so dark. <laughs> yeah. But okay, so last question. Really quick, three things. What does your glow up look like now? Huh. I can get my nails done every week. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, or every two weeks and not like be hungry. Mm-hmm. Uh what else? I can pay for this wedding out of pocket. Mm-hmm. Um and I don't know what the other one is. Let me think about it. <laughs> I don't know yet. Um, my glow up, I would say that that is just very prevalent in my life right now is my savings account. Like mm. I've never been able to um, have money in the bank, have money in my savings, and like have money coming in. And it's just like, you know, I don't really... And this is this is not to boast or brag, but this is more so of how like grateful I am to like Christ and Him guiding my life and ordering my steps and allowing you know He I can see, um, Him being in my life. Um, but um, yeah, I would say that that's probably the one of the main things that I'm proud of. And I just got that I'm 33 years old and I'm I've, I'm literally I'm just able to. Um, have X, Y, Z in the account, in my savings account, have money in my bank account, and have money coming in. And, you know, it mm-hmm. took me a very long time to get to this point. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would definitely say that's the glow up. Um, um, I'm talking about this, and I'm going to also ask that God continue to protect that area um, because it definitely helps me sleep at night. Right. So mine is kind of similar to Kara. 
I can go to Target every week. <laughs> you, you need to get a sponsorship with Target, nigga. No, for real. Target, holla at us. You be posting pictures Holla at Instagram. your girl because I be in that thing. But I no, seriously, I can go to Target and have peace in shopping and not go to Walmart. Like, that's a glow up for me. I'm... Whoever shops at Walmart, more power to you because I think they, they be have some good stuff. Sales, in yeah, they do, but it's the piece at Target, yeah, and the fact that I can pay three dollars extra for whatever <laughs> is at Target that means a lot to me. And every Target smells the same, like it's you, you know what you're gonna get, yes. when you go to Target. <laughs> um, I'd say the other thing is I can talk to my father about finances and not feel like I'm being chastised or him giving me a full out lesson. Mm-hmm. Like we can talk about it and it actually just be a conversation. I can be honest with him about what my finances look like. Um, and I guess the third thing would be just like mentally, I'm not stressed about what I need to take care of. Now as other people be asking me for stuff and I be having to help other people, but I guess that's a glove too, that I can it help other people. You know, I've I've had to help other people, but for myself, I'm not stressed out about what I have to pay for. Right. So that's my little glow up, Shawty. <laughs> what is it's my beautiful. third one? Um, I only name one, huh? I gotta name two more. Let's see. I can eat Chick fil A when I feel Chick-fil-a. like I eat Chick fil A. <laughs> yeah. Do you add bacon? I do not add bacon. Do Chick fil A have bacon? bacon? What? I didn't know they had to bacon. To the chicken sandwich? Absolutely. Do you get the spicy chicken sandwich? Well, you know I don't eat meat no more. But For real? when I was eating meat, yeah, I haven't ate meat in two months now. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, only seafood. That's After the nice. fast, I decided to just do seafood. I ain't got no vegetarian options at my wedding. Just FYI, <laughs> you got seafood. <laughs> I don't know yet. You gonna have salad, huh? <laughs> Fruit and salad. <laughs> No, okay, so... Just make sure you have fried chicken for Add me. the bacon, though. <laughs> That's a no. <laughs> You're not going to have fried chicken at the wedding? I don't Niggas so. love fried chicken. Okay. Drum eggs? I don't know what oh, I'm Oh, I'm only have. doing this for a year. You get married next year, so... <laughs> <laughs> it's a lifestyle. <laughs> right. Hashtag, it's a lifestyle. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, Hashtag, thank you, niggas. <laughs> Seriously. Cause. My other two globes would be that I've literally matured in Christ to the point where I don't, like, need, like, I love going to church and hearing the word. I think that's something that I need. But I don't need someone to tell me how to have a relationship with Foster Christ. That Foster for that you. Because, you know, it's, it's because I can, like, when I look back, it's not my efforts or my doing. It's, it's all him, right. which I know that it's, it's it's a sign that I did the right thing. Um, and my third one would be definitely helping, you know, people out. You know, you have to be careful what you pray for. You know, I definitely want to help people out. But, you know, sometimes you pray for that. It may be like someone come and move into your house, right? So, oh. but I always want to be a servant, whatever that is. Um, but, yeah, so those are my three. Okay. Those are my three things, Yeah. Well, shout out to the struggle. Shout out to the struggle. Shout I think out. it's needed. It's needed. It is. You're gonna get through it. Yeah, it is. Cause you you just appreciate. Yeah. What um, you have, even more than before. And I will say, anyone that's struggling, you know, listening to this, it could maybe be motivation and let you know that you are gonna get out of it. Um, 
But most importantly, just appreciate where you are right now and continue to work hard to get to where you want to be. Um, most definitely. Yeah. I would definitely recommend you mapping out a plan and sticking to it. I think a lot of people... Um, just during their time of like getting to that next level, they think of something and they don't follow through it. I think if you develop a plan, yes, you can deviate from it, but always stick to that next level. Like, I don't like whatever it is, whatever it is. Um, and I would also recommend saving, even if it's $10, $25 on your check, always just save a little, a little percentage if you can. Save, shawty. I still struggle with saving. Matter of fact, <laughs> I've said it last season and I'm going to say it again. Y'all niggas need to go open up a savings account with Goldman Sachs. And they have a savings account that offers 1.5%. I think it's the not an APY, but it's something where it's like 1.5%. I think it is APY. It is APY. Your regular bank is like 0.05. So every month, these niggas is giving me some money just for having my money there. So I think it's always good to have know, know the right places to go where you can get the biggest bang for your buck for having your money in there. Mm -hmm. So that's Goldman Sachs, S-A-C-H. Yes, sir. Um, Now for this millennial moment, are we going in order this week? Because you know the last time I messed it up. No, you can okay. go ahead. <laughs> All right, so um, for we got an email from uh, this individual. Um, Shell read the email. And she said that she thinks it's two guys. So it is. We need to make up a name for two guys. Theodore. Theodore. I've been thinking about okay, it. Okay, Theodore. One is Theodore. Car, come on, please. I don't know why Hebert is coming to mind. Hebert. Hebert is coming Jesus. to mind. It was either Hebert or Klebert. So it's one of the two. <laughs> I like Hebert. I like Hebert. Okay, okay, let's go Hebert. So Theodore is the guy who wrote in, and okay. we'll say that Hebert <laughs> is the guy that he's writing about. Okay. Right. All right. So it says, well, Theodore wrote in, um, I would say, at sometime in February, and he says, hey, y'all, I'm a 25-year-old recent college grad. I've been in a relationship with my significant other off and on for 10 years now. So they've been together since they were 15. He's 25. Okay. Wow. Um, wow. However, we've been long distance for about three of those years, and he really wants me to relocate to his city. We have both visited each other regularly in that time. I don't mind making the move because I love my significant other, and I absolutely love the city. However, we have both caused strain on the relationship, but he's willing to look past everything and still believes in the relationship that the relationship could work. He talks about marriage and building a future together, but I'm afraid of what the what ifs. What if I don't find a consistent job quick enough? What if it doesn't work out in the end, et cetera, et cetera. Side note, finances. While he makes more consistent money than I do, I have more money saved up. Living situation. He currently has a roommate, so we'd all be living together <laughs> until we can find our own place. Family slash friends. I have a cousin who lives in the state, but that's about four hours from here. Four hours from where he'll be. And I have no friends in the city. I'm assuming so if, if Hebert lives in Houston, I'm assuming that four-hour city is in Dallas. I would just assume. Yeah, yeah. All right. Um, and so basically ask us, he asked, what are your views on long-distance relationships? Would you relocate for love? Thanks for listening. 
Thanks for listening to my email. Yeah, I was gonna say don't read the last part. Oh, okay. okay. I know. I'm not. I'm not reading oh, okay, the last part. Okay. It clearly says no. <laughs> do not read this last part. <laughs> we gonna protect you, Theodore. We gonna protect you, Theodore. Um. What are your views on long distance relationship, and would you relocate? I don't think I'm a good person to ask because I am a proponent. For long distance, me too. I've had a very successful long distance relationship. Yeah, I was gonna say it just really depends on the people. I mean, it really and it depends on like what you see your future as. Like, you can't be in a long. I don't think you can be in a long distance relationship with somebody unless you legitimately see them as your forever. Because if you don't, mm-hmm. not saying that they will be your forever, but right. you kind of, you have to see them as your forever or else you're going to just cheat like over and over and over and so over. Here's how, I look, here, here's how I look at it, right? So he's 25 years old. Some of his concerns or some of the what ifs is he may not find a consistent job. What I would assume that he's probably still trying to figure out his career, um, whatever that is. And he's concerned that if he move out here, he won't have like a place to just automatically go to or relocate within the organization. Which means what you do now is just go ahead and start applying for jobs now. You see, I don't, I don't agree. You're with that. You're not a fan no, of that. I'm not a fan. And this is why. Um, I think that you guys, I would recommend that you still foster relationship. You still travel and see each other. But I feel like you need to have like a goal in mind. Like, okay, I need to make sure that. I have X, Y, Z in the bank are like, we are both okay within our careers and money is not an issue because being in a relationship and not having that money, it can put a strain on your relationship. But that's hard to say that, Justin, like, because I feel like you'll never be like financially where you want to be. Like you'll never, it'll never be like, there are no money issues. So would you go move in with Ben and his roommate for love? No, I would not. I wouldn't. But I'm also a proponent of long distance relationships, so I'm okay. Like I don't think okay, you have so to you, move. you you don't think that he has to. He no, I don't think he has to okay. move. I agree with you. That's they, my that's my point. But they've been apart for a long time. It's time. I mean, yeah, he did say ten years. Three years they've been long distance. That's a, that's enough Heber, time. Heber better get on a freaking plane and figure it out. I think but y'all, how long though? I think they should save up know. money. They should save up money and get their own apartment. He should already have a job lined up before he moved out. I think if he moves to Houston, then there needs to be he need, he needs to have his own job and they need to be living together. Having a third roommate is you're not setting yourself up for no. success. Yeah, at no, all. that's absolutely. It's just not, not going to. So why don't he just get his own place then? Let Hebert have his roommate, and you get your own place. I think that might be the better idea. I, I actually think that's the better idea. Y'all just like live mo- in the city together, but y'all don't have to live together. Moving in immediately with somebody is I a think lot. It is a lot, but you know what? It it it, bec- it makes the inevitable happen very quickly. It does. Quickly. It's either you stay so, together or, or you're you done, though. That's and a honestly, good point. honestly, dude, you're 25 years old, so I would go all in real quick, see if it work out, but make sure that you are secured financially. Don't depend on Hebert and his portion you need to make sure that job is lined up. You can afford your own apartment, like Mish advised. I think that's a good idea. And try it out then. But I'm just not a huge proponent of people living together off the bat, just because I feel like when you're, because at 25, like I was still trying to figure out me. 
And so like trying to figure out yourself and like living with somebody is a big deal. I feel like, I mean, no, maybe I, I, trust I, me, it, it's yes, a big, no, it living with somebody is a big deal. I mean, it's just, so I feel like, and so you're, it's just so many new things. You're getting a new job. You're moving to a new city. You're living with somebody that you haven't been in the same city within three years. Like, yeah, you know them, but like you haven't been like in the same city with them. It's completely different. Yeah. So it's like so many, it's too many, it's too much. It's you're setting yourself up for failure. If it were me, I would foster my own life yes. in that city. Mm-hmm. Cause this person obviously has their own circle and all of that. And he's talking about he don't have no friends there. His family live in Dallas. We're just making up Dallas. They live four hours like, away. You know, it's like foster your own life. I'd foster my own life just because you just never know. Yeah, you don't want to be in no situation, no tough situation. You're 25, like, I'm, you know. The prime age, it's, man. It's, it's, yeah, yeah, if it's, I could go back to 25. I don't ever want to go back to 25. Jesus, no. I just had a... Re- I wasn't broke at 25. I was in law school. So. Yeah, I wasn't broke at 25. I wasn't broke, but I also wasn't like mentally aware of anything. I don't even remember 25. I'm saying if I could go back to 25, but have my mindset right now. Now? Okay, perfect. That's what I'm saying. Listen. 25 is such a great age. Anyway. Mm, um, they've been together for 10 years. Yeah. Get your own apartment. Don't move until you have a job and you have enough money because you have money saved up. Oh boy, he said he makes consistent. He said that oh, oh boy makes consistent money. However, he has more money saved, and I feel that if you can either like get relocated with your same organization or only move whenever you have a job lined up, I feel like you're golden. There's no need for y'all to move in right now. If Hebert decides, if y'all decide to do that, I feel like y'all have known each other long enough to be able to move in. Ten years is a very long time, and um, at worst. Y'all break up and you can just kick her Hebert out. Yeah, I mean the other part of that is though that he said um that they've both caused strain on the relationship. So well, I don't know what that strain is, but I I wouldn't want to move in the city and then like we go back to that strain, like we start doing the you know, like I don't know what that really looks like, whatever that strain is, but I would just kind of want to see what it was going to be like just to be in the same city. Correct. Correct. Just to be close to each other again. See what that looks like. Correct. I agree. And then, you know. I agree. Hebert, that might not really be his roommate. I mean, you're 25. And let me tell you. (laughs) Let me tell you. Houston got them things. Hebert out there. Houston got them things out there. (laughs) Houston is a a baby Atlanta. Yeah, it is. You you may go to Houston and be like, I don't know if I want to be in a relationship. You absolutely. So, that's a good point. True story. Just going on ahead. That's a good point. And get you a nice little apartment. Yeah. Near the Galleria, if you can afford it. If that's that. where you want to live, I mean, you, you might want to live by your family and have him come see you. That's still long distance, though, huh? Right. Listen, take care of yourself. Make sure you you're all to. the way straight because yep. whatever happens, you still want to make sure you're straight. Whether y'all right. stay together or whether y'all break up, you got to be good. So just keep and yourself straight. Around Hebert and his friends, you will always be that person that moved for him. So there's mm. a level of vulnerability that's already there. He's gonna he's gonna be friend his friends are gonna be friends to him first, not you. Mm-hmm. So you just need to make sure that you are secured in ways that 
um, you can protect yourself. And that's like getting your own that's shit. That's true. That's getting yeah, your you own shit. You gotta get your own. And you're going to meet friends, bro. Like, you're 25 years old. Like, that's enough time for you to, like, it's still early enough for you to, like, meet new friends and, you know. Yeah, meet like, new friends that are intelligent that can. Um, get you to that next level. Get you to that next level and give you the word of the day like Car about to do. Right. Hello. <laughs> All right, Justin, what they got to give us to get the word of the day? All right. Because this is a nonprofit <laughs> podcast, <laughs> in all seriousness, guys, we are on this whole campaign of trying to pull people in um, in many ways than one, but we really, really, really stand on the support of our listeners. And we would love for you guys to give us a little donation. On our cash app donations, donations. (laughs) Um, We would love, we would love to receive the money that jingles, but it would be great to receive the money that falls. Yeah, come on, coming (laughs) to America. I don't know if I said in those exact words, but anyways, I I don't remember that. But I feel it. But yeah, so dollar sign, money sign, (laughs) Millie Love. That's M I L L Y L O V three. Please give us whatever God placed on your heart. But five dollars is the minimum. But five dollars is the minimum. <laughs> in you. order for Cara to give you this good old word. Thank you for everybody that has contributed thus far. We really appreciate y'all. Thank you so so Truly. so much. Word of the day slash week is rabble. Okay, I think I like that. Rabble is a noun. <laughs> Why did you look like that? Definition, a disorganized or confused collection of things to a disorganized or disorderly crowd of people or mob. And to be is the lowest class of people. Justin, please use no, no, rabble. No, 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 no. I always go last. Okay, let In me go sentence. first. No, After you always easy. go first. You always go first, but I think it's easy. So self-care of the week was to declutter your rabble. Mm. Boom, Justin. That's what you get while you're rolling your ass. (laughs) Rabble is a noun. I have one. Go. Y'all always be trying to talk about. That's how you. That's how you gonna. That's how you gonna type that. (laughs) That's how you gonna say that. Yeah. Y'all always be trying to act like y'all high class, but really y'all just rabble. Okay. Mm. Okay. <laughs> Come on, Justin. I'm trying not to you like piggyback. The show up. No, I'm trying not to piggyback from what y'all said. Cause that's what I always do anyway. Cause I don't want to. That's just, just do how that. you are. Norma comes and clean my rabble in my closet. <laughs> that's it. All the time. Norma. Rabble. All right. How do you spell that? R-A-B-B-L-E. Rabble. I'm going to use that for real. Rabble is actually a good one to use. Yeah. So use rabble in your everyday conversation. Conversation. I was on the toilet one day and I thought of, pon- was it pontificate? Mm-hmm. I thought of that one day. On the toilet. On the toilet. You know what? Completely think- forgot what it meant. I don't know. <laughs> My favorite so far has been a dust. <laughs> a dust. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> Y'all, please tweet us your, your sentences for this week of what rabble? Rabble? Is it rubble? rabble? Rabble. Rabble. 
And hashtag MO3. It rhymes with Scrabble. For sure. And don't forget to follow us on all social networks. That's Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and hashtag MO3 while you tweet. Bye, shawty. Love y'all. Peace.